0: Hello, and welcome to the Menswear Style Podcast with your host, me, Pete Brooker. On today's episode, we speak to Joshua Kane, London's definitive neo-dandy tailor, and we find out exactly what is the best question he's ever been asked in an interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that is the best question I've probably ever been asked.
0: We're also going to have a chat with Oliver Proudlock, founder of Serge Denim. Serge Denim with a silent S on the end. He talks to me about how to pronounce Serge Denim. Serge Denim. <laughs> oh, crap! We're also going to drop in on our very own fashion editor, André Letabodier, as well as a quick chat with our man behind the jingles and fashion insider, Rob Jones.
2: I'm all, I'm all for it, but let's face it, you know, when there's something crap in the tape modern, it's because it's crap, it's not art. <laughs> Thank you
0: for that, Rob. But first, we're going to have a chat with TV presenter Darren Kennedy. Darren was a resident style presenter on ITV's show this morning. And outside of TV, Darren is an accomplished writer and entrepreneur. He has a passion for style, and his design collaboration with master Taylor Louis Copeland, known for a healthy dollop of old-school swag, has produced six sell-out suit collections. So without any further ado... Uh, on the podcast today, we have Darren Kennedy. Uh, welcome to Menswear Style. Darren Kennedy, you're a TV presenter, journalist, and menswear influencer. How are you doing today?
3: I'm really good, Peter. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm okay, thanks. Um, yep, I'm, I'm just sitting in my home. I'm about to go to London, so I've got like one foot in the door, one foot out. Uh, what are you wearing? Well, uh, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, uh, I was mid-decision mid, mid decision when i took the call so i'm literally just sitting in my trousers and pants at the minute it's not the best sight in the world um i've eyed up for tonight a nice panama hat a tm lewin shirt and an oscar milo suit um,
3: i like it i like
0: it a good visual there a very strong visual it's gonna work thank you thank you very much uh, can i ask what you're wearing so this sounds very homoerotic, but you know we'll, we'll go it there does, anyway. Well,
3: I'm I'm currently sitting at my kitchen table. Um, I have my little miniature Yorkie Harry here, looking at me, saying, "When are we going for a walk?" So if you hear him barking, that's him. No need to be alarmed. Um, but okay. I'm wearing a, I'm actually wearing a sweater that I got from Zoe Jordan knitwear. So jo- Zoe Jordan is well, you're probably familiar with her, but she's actually an Irish designer. Right. She recently did a collaboration with River Island, really good stuff, and also daughter of eddie jordan um so an interesting family a pair of acne jeans black jeans and a pair of um suede converse all-stars
0: darren were you ever stylish at school was there a, a time in your life where you go do you know what? i'm just going to get into fashion and now's the day i'm going to throw all of my other stuff away and i'm going to look the, the nuts
3: well the the interesting thing in in uh, where i went to school i had to wear a uniform the most horrific uniform
0: known to mankind
3: i don't think there is really- it a nice uniform, but it was like triple shades of grey. It didn't do anything for my complexion and it has scarred me until this day. No, um, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, funnily enough, outside of school, I was always kind of interested in the clothes that I wore. And I think that was something that just kind of came from my parents and uh, even from my brother. I have one brother and he's five years older than me. So he was always, I guess, more advanced in terms of. Uh, his appearance and what he was wearing and what he was smelling of and whatnot so even when I was 13 and he was 18 he would have been wearing I guess the clothes that were in at the time so I would always nick his clothes which nice. caused uh, lots of distress and argument in our household as you might imagine but it kind of meant that while like most of my friends were knocking around in in aforementioned track suits I would sometimes appear in you know a pair of Levi 501s, um a Paisley shirt, and reeking of Fahrenheit. All of which <laughs> belonged to me, of course. They were my brothers, but it kind of gave me a an earlier introduction, I guess, to to uh, looking and feeling good in your in your clothes. Do you still wear Fahrenheit? No, I don't. Um I do you know, I don't think I ever actually owned the bottle of Fahrenheit myself. It was always <laughs> stolen from my brother. Um And it's funny because it's one of those scents that um, fragrance does this, right? It's kind of, you know, it can bring you right back to a time in your life. And for me, whenever I get a waft of Fahrenheit, I'm instantly transported back to my teenage years. Oh, it's that very
0: um, nostalgic scent, isn't it? I had a brother yeah. that did the same and he would load it on. He would actually scent put me far back in the room and go can you smell me now i'm like no he goes come closer can you smell me now like, no and then it would literally be within 10 feet go, oh i've got it and he goes right need more so he just he would hose himself down in more fahrenheit until he could completely populate the room with his smell it's a real smell of the 90s isn't it it was yeah it's uh, yeah i mean i don't know if people still wear it i, I have nothing against it i just haven't I haven't got around to buying any fahrenheit recently same you know i've moved on thankfully um, so do you actually get approached by any brands uh, to be an ambassador for their clothing? Um, yeah, I've worked with various brands
3: over over um, the past couple of months and years. And it just kind of varies. I mean, for me, to be honest, it has to be the right fit. I mean, I'm very, um, very, I was going to say particular in what I wear, and that would be true. But also, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And, and, and I'll, you know, very, you know, I've had beautiful tailoring sent to me which is lovely really nice thing but I feel awful because it, you know I remember one particular suit got sent to me and I'm like I will never wear that it's just not me so rather than kind of leaving it hanging in my wardrobe I you know politely um, sent the person back an email saying thank you so much but you know what I'm not going to wear this so rather waste it and have it hanging in my wardrobe never to be seen again mm. um, I returned it to them so I think it's always best to be honest um, and likewise you know with when you're actually working with a brand as an ambassador or whatever it really has to be a good fit because if it's not it's just it's not going to end well for either parties
0: yeah I mean I, I speak to quite a few people that are brand ambassadors for their uh, for their brands uh, like for example Idris Elba um, he's got the super dry range and he says he's got his own little bits and bobs his input I just kind of wonder how much input though people actually have when it comes to the designs or whether they just have a look at them and kind of give them the tick uh, do you know well, what I, I mean
3: yeah well I can only speak for myself and for instance I have um, my label with uh, a Taylor Louis Copeland it's called you know DKXLC Darren Kennedy and Louis Copeland, and we launched their sixth collection this May. Um, and for me, that was very much uh, driven for be- by me. It was very much kind of a passion project in the sense that I've always been quite interested in design, but I had no training or background in that area. Um, I had met Louis, who's probably, you know, the most synonymous tailored this side of the irish sea he's dressed everyone from you know bill clinton brad pitt and everyone in between um and you know conor mcgregor wears a lot of the suits fans of mma will be familiar. oh
0: that's interesting yeah
3: and i approached louis I, I i first met him actually when i was 19 uh and i interviewed him for my radio show and i've kept in touch with him. and about uh four years ago i approached him and said louis you know, I really want to design a collection, and I want to work with someone I trust and who's obviously the best at what they do. And um, unbeknownst to me, he had been approached a lot of like they're in business over a hundred years. You know, it's a generational, um, a generational business, and they've been approached. There he goes. Now there's <laughs> um, they've been approached lots over the years, and they'd never done it. And for some reason, he took a punt on me. And and you know, I have to hand it to him because it's been it's been a massive learning curve for me, but also they've really let me do what I want, um, which is very key. So, you know, I am I get the greatest satisfaction from projects that I'm very much involved in. So each season, I mood board the collection, then the fabric search, and literally involved in, in every element. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm always, you know, I, I call on their expertise when it comes to tailoring because they know that better than I do. But I know how I want it to fit, how I want it to look. And I guess kind of in terms of the vibe, the overall vibe, the overall... Uh, color palettes that type of thing they they will always take my my lead on that and don't get me wrong sometimes we you know we come to loggerheads but we always resolve it it's always very amicable and that's how I think you create the best possible product
0: good well I guess you you can't always agree with each other all the time you've got to kind of poke each other and challenge each other in the right areas I guess and then yeah uh, that's probably how to compromise
3: yeah exactly
0: exactly right um so do you uh I, I noticed I researched you fastidiously for five minutes before we jumped online. Um, and you, I, I noticed you got the style icon uh, for Ireland, is it, in 2013? Yes. You voted? So yes. what's been going on between 2013 and 2016? Uh, have you had any more accolades or have you kind of just dropped off the pace a little?
3: Well, no, interestingly, that's an interesting question. So the awards you're talking about are referencing are the VIP Style Awards, which are, I guess, you know, they're the most influential and prestigious style awards in this country. Um, And I, yeah, as you said, I was uh, crowned Most Stylish Man in Ireland in 2013. And since then, I've actually hosted the event. So it's a, a big, fancy, glitzy night that takes place, and I've hosted it. So as former winner and host I'm not eligible to Ah, uh, I see. So, yeah, so I'm at the helm of that age year. So I think the year after me Conor McGregor was named most stylish man in Ireland and then uh this year God I can't even remember it's not terrible. But oh, this year I think it was Nikki Byrne. Oh really? At, of Westlife fame. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's, it's an interesting awards but like I've been since then, I mean, kind of just building up my own business. And, you know, like you said, the the collection, the tailoring collection with Louis Copeland. Um, I do a lot of live hosting and I'm involved in various different TV shows. And then I, I also work with Specsavers. So I've worked Spec Specsavers as an ambassador for a number of years. Um, and in that role, I would do, you know, a lot of, I guess, styling sessions, hosting award ceremonies and whatnot. And this year we've taken it to the next level where I've now got, uh, darren kennedy recommends range which is in stores uh right across the country and it's ex- essentially my edit of uh, my favorite frames and spec savers so hopefully we'll continue to develop to develop that and one day i'd like to um you know design my own range
0: darren kennedy there and if you want to find out a little bit more about darren head over to his website at darrenkennedyofficial.com. Okay, switching gears slightly now, we're going to have a word with Joshua Kane about his latest runway collection. Joshua Kane is London's definitive neo-dandy tailor. His bespoke suits and ready-to-wear line and accessories are all designed, tailored, woven and manufactured in England. Joshua has cut his teeth at some of Britain's most respected menswear houses, Paul Smith and Burberry being amongst them. So, without any further ado... Welcome, Joshua Kane, to the Menswear Style Podcast. Thank you Uh, for having me. No, no, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, You can check out Joshua Kane at joshuakanebespoke.com. That's Kane with a K. Check out all of his wonderful collections there. So, um, Joshua, please tell me about the recent Spring Summer 17 collection and what you're looking to achieve from the outset when you started designing the the collection.
1: Wow, what a question. Um, um, What are we looking to achieve? I think the collection is, uh, as you may have seen, is the biggest collection I've ever done. We ended up with 43 looks, uh, opposed to last season's 35. So it's definitely, definitely grown. The shows are kind of getting bigger, um, fingers crossed more flamboyant, um, and, and a bit more dramatic uh, in the way that they're designed. We included women's wear for the first time this season, uh, which is really exciting for me. Uh, I think we had six women's looks in there as well. So that's, uh, I had my first dress or two dresses in there were kind of a very subtle nod to a little bit more of what we'll be doing in the future. It was somewhat of a somber introduction to women's wear, but that's kind of how I wanted it to be, uh, to reflect the beginning of my, you know, how I started the men's collection uh, uh, so many years ago. Mm. But um, yeah, it was, it was also probably the most diverse collection I've ever done as well. A lot of people have said it was the, the most commercial, but I, I still disagree. Because it was bigger, it had Uh, more peaks and troughs from a really sartorial, elegant start with beautiful um, uh, mohair colors that were completely unique to us on on fabrics that I've designed, going on to these crazy uh, studded leather, grainy leather biker jackets uh, in the last section. So it was really a journey. The, The collection went from sort of sartorial Oscar Wilde to uh, rebellious, um, with, a, with a tailored twist.
0: that 's interesting. So uh, tell me a little bit, please, about um, moving to Spitalfields Markets. So how long have you been there? And were there any other locations that were in the hat when you decided to move?
1: Um, we just had our second birthday here. And that's an interesting one because it's a point of on all of my to-do lists at the moment is the shop and, you know, the flagship here, reviewing two years worth of ups and downs um, of what we've been doing, um, it was the first location I ever, I ever looked at. It's strategically somewhere that uh, I'm fond to. It's near where I live. Uh, I see it, saw it as a very growing, up and coming area um, that I think is really interesting to be a part of. Um, and also, I think two years ago, um, you know, I was in my bedroom designing tailoring and making one-off suits. In two years, we're, we're at a completely different end of the spectrum. We've got you know, a men's collection, a women's collection, shoes, accessories, jewellery, socks. We've got this, this, this international brand now that we didn't have two years ago, dressing some of Hollywood's fabulous A-list, and here, there, and everyone in between. Mm. And now I'm, I'm sort of faced with the choice of the, our, our somewhat humble surroundings in Spitalfields, as much as I love them. Are they necessarily the right place for us moving forward? Um, we've outgrown the shop tenfold since we introduced women's wear. The design studio that's below has also been um, completely outgrown. So we're sort of at a place where: do we keep it? Do we take a second site, move the office away? Do we get rid of the place altogether and do the same thing that we've done here and have everything all in one, but do a you know a supersized version? All all sort of points I'm dealing with at the moment.
0: Right. Okay. okay. So, um, possibly Lots another store. Of
1: change to, in the end of two thousand and seven uh, 16 and going into 17 let's put it like that.
0: Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing it. I mean, um, I know just round the corner from you, you've got uh, Gresham Blake, uh, and he's got a store down in Brighton and I couldn't help thinking that both of you being quite flamboyant and, you know, out there with your suits, that'd be a, a good home for you as well. Somewhere down there, somewhere bohemian and yeah. artsy.
1: Yeah. Brighton, Brighton would be really cool for me. I'm thinking, um, I've got my heart set much further afield. I'm thinking our, our, international, um, our international presence is what, what I've been staring at for a long time. I mean, our, our customers from all over the globe fly in to see us, um, and that's still the case now. And they'll travel uh, locally from England from everywhere. So I'm more thinking, where's the next shop? Is it actually indeed an international one?
0: Mm. Well, it Sounds like we're going to lose you, Joshua. It sounds like you're. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you've only just you've only just arrived, and now you're off. <laughs>
1: I'll always still keep based here. I'll keep a, uh, definitely stay based here. But I'm I'm just thinking, I'm thinking the next steps after.
0: Okay, great. Uh, you, you mentioned there that some Hollywood celebrities and perhaps other people of uh, of the silver screen might be enjoying your suits right now. Do you have in your mind's eye? a brand ambassador of someone that you think would look at ace in your suit that would be great in the catalogue?
1: Yeah, I've been asked, I, this is a question I always like to be asked, and you know what, the amount of times I've asked her, you would think I would just sit down and think of a bloody good answer, <laughs> and I still haven't. Mm-hmm. I think, I think my, my truest and most honest answer is as much as I aspirationally love like dressing like big names and celebrities, the, the, the most aspirational and, and heartfelt um, feeling I get when I dress someone is, is actually the, the, the polar opposite. Someone I've grown up with is someone who's been a fan or followed for a long time, and then they've saved up their, their money, and then they've chosen on their wedding day or whatever to, to come and see me, to be tailored by me. I think those are the characters, the individuals, the heart and the soul of the people that have got us to where we are. And I think, and it's as much as I love the the big celebrities, that that's wonderful and amazing. It's com- incredibly aspirational. But it's 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 the countless people that I went to school with that have then reheard about me and then come back to see me and rebuilt relationships. I think they're they're the characters that are the driving force behind the brand. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's much more of a romantic answer than just picking a name out of the hat, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I know. Like the the people that come and see me, some of the friends, you know, some have had great jobs, some have fantastic jobs, some have, you know, jobs where they work their ass off and, and don't make, you know, in, a fantastic amount of money. But the fact that, that they aspirationally want to buy into something that I've worked so hard to create, and doesn't matter what it costs, you know, they've saved up however long it's taken, and sort of and and will cherish that piece of tailoring. As I said, whether it be for their wedding or their their brother's wedding or what have you, you know, they they want to aspirationally buy into that tailoring. I love that. Mm. You know, that was me uh, um, growing up as well, wanting to buy tailoring and and looking at other brands before uh, I started this and and saving up my money to to go and buy something because I was buying into something.
0: And in regards to other brands, do you look over your shoulder to see what your contemporaries and competitors do? Is there influences that you have? regards to tailoring and designs
1: um, not no I, I I would say I don't have any influences whatsoever, and that might be a bit cliche or a bit uh, expected to be said, but I think uh, I've been fortunate to work at some uh, some huge brands um, uh, for, for ten years of my career uh, and you see a lot of things um, and you you know enough to kind of know what you like.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. And, and 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 once you know what you like and, and how I want to do something. And to put this in perspective, I could send you photos of my graduate collection from Kingston University and you could put it next to pictures of the collection I've just done. And honestly, I was shocked to see the similarities.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, so
1: I, th- I think it basically says... Um, my collection is it's is just an evolution on, on top of it, of one another and it's not really about looking at what other people are doing and say oh wow it's all about military jackets because kim kardashian's worn one for uh balenciaga or whatever it's it's actually about finding the things that have inspired you and then continuing to to push that into the realms of your own collection
0: yeah yeah i suppose so i mean it's it's great that you've um you've always stuck to your roots in that way that you've always had something to fall back on with you
1: De- definitely i was actually sort of slightly concerned my graduate collection may actually have been better than the
3: one
0: I've. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you've peaked already
1: yeah
0: Shh, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. Peaked
1: in 2004 or whenever it was yeah
0: just lock up them photos and no one will ever yeah know. <laughs> um cool all right thanks uh joshua i'm, I'm probably gonna have to wrap this up because i'm gonna need to catch a train to um to London, actually, so uh, oh, fantastic! There's a, there's a show on tonight, but uh, before I go, I asked this question. I've been asking this question a lot, but I'm quite intrigued. Two things, really, just kind of like the morning routine and what you yeah. get up to, and you you know, just the first steps you have out of bed is it like, right, I've got to now cut this, or I've you're straight into work, or yeah, that, and also your mates and your social circle do they all ask for discounts and mates' rates? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that is the best question I've probably ever been asked in (laughs) any
0: interview. (laughs) Great.
1: Let's start with the first one. Go for it. Um, Morning routine is is a bit of a crazy one. Uh, My house is like about 12 minutes run away from the shop. So get up change. Um, Up until about a month ago I was skateboarding in and out of uh, work every day for probably the last two years. I'm an avid skateboarder. I had a really bad fall and decided to take two months off. I nearly killed myself under a car in the road because I was skateboarding tired in the rain, which is incredibly reckless of me and uh, managed to scar all of my left arm and some of my leg. So I certainly haven't retired because I love it, but I thought I'll just take some time out and certainly not push myself. So running the journey instead is a slightly safer option because I can stop a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so running in and out of work, getting to work, uh, freshening up, changing, putting a suit on, and then uh, going straight into meetings with the team. Great. And that that could be anything from media to cutting to uh, reviewing. Someone wore something the night before. Um, you know, did we capture it? Uh, have we got some um, some good uh, photos and things from that? Uh, working with uh, on the on the diary for the day and the diary is an absolute, um, it, there's no consistency whatsoever, a mixture of private appointments on top of uh, business uh, relationship meetings, you know, talking about future projects, future collaborations. We have a lot of meetings in and around those sorts of things. Uh, in the last six months, I've probably had more meetings with my film and digital team than ever before. Uh, they're, a, they're a really gr- uh, fantastic group of guys. That, um, uh, a chap called Sky Massimo, uh, and Massimo and Fabio that we've been working with. They're sort of uh, they're contracted here for, on projects, but we've just been uh, since the film that uh, I directed with them. It, we've just been working and coming up with some really great ideas, and the digital aspects really inspires me. So it's something that I love to push. You know, from social, from the online store. So that's kind of a watch this space thing as well, with with more and more things coming up. I really want to shoot a full feature film after the four and a half minute one that we've done. I kind of got the taste for it now and want to uh wanna see where we can run with it. I saw
0: that. I thought that was um I thought that was really good. Uh thank you. Sorry, really good. That's just the worst compliment you'll ever receive. <laughs> yeah, it was really good and it was in focus. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, it
1: was in focus and the light was off <laughs> and people like moved and stuff. No,
0: I I, I thought it was very um it was actually beautifully shot uh, and it looked really crisp. Uh, it kind of had the elements of, uh, I remember The Simple Man, was it A Simple Man with Colin Firth? I think that was done yeah, by Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, so, I know what you're saying. So, uh, there, there was an element of sort of uber meticulousness applied to the, the shots, the styling, uh, the lighting. Everything was like scripted and storyboarded an inch of its life uh, because I just had a real exact way of how I wanted to capture it. I think I think that hopefully that won't be like my whole graduate collection scenario in in uh, eleven years time. That I certainly can't make anything that's better than the first one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, yeah, don't peak too soon. Yeah. Okay. What about mates rates? What do they Mate ask you for?
1: Rates. It 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 it's a difficult one. I mean, yeah, I would be lying if I said that the people I've grown up with for you know since I was like ten, twelve years old, I haven't uh, occasionally been like well you know that time you actually saved me from the bully at school here's a little bit of discount thanks yeah. for having my back back in the day nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely an element of, of really really close people to me that i've, I've uh i've extended a, a a lovely thank you let's put it like that
0: i guess you figure out who your mates are because i always kind of think
1: you, you i know exactly you, your mates are the ones that never ask for it yeah
0: exactly yeah i mean you would just. In fact, I've I've got friends in clo- in the clothing industry. In fact, I, I ran yeah. an independent clothes shop, and they would often say, "Oh, I'll, I'll knock that price off of you." i will be like, "No, keep the wedge. I need. I know you need to make your money, so don't worry yeah. about it. I'm not here for the discount." But yeah, uh, and
1: you know what? I think I think one one thing I want to say is there's there's a handful of big name celebrities that have done exactly what you just said, and it, and it really and it was really charming and really wonderful to see that. They've chosen to come and shop with me. They've taken time out. They love what I'm doing, and they're happy to support me. They never ask for discount. Mm. They just want to be part of the part of the family. And and I think that's like probably like one of the most warming things when you when you see someone who could probably go and get gifted x y and z here there and everywhere mm. uh, would much rather choose and come and uh, and pay their their hard earned money to, to to wear my tailoring.
0: Joshua Kane there. And if you want to check out some of Joshua's collections, they're over at joshuacanebespoke.com. That's joshuacanebespoke.com. Okay, now a word with our fashion editor, Andre Letabodier. It's over to
2: you, Andre Letabodier.
0: Okay, so on the line now we have Andre, fashion editor for Menswear Style. Hello, Andre.
4: Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me yet again. Oh,
0: no, you're welcome. Uh, Did I get your name close? close? Yeah, no, you nailed it this week. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. I'm pleased. (laughs) Well, 100th times the charm is what they say. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've just got off the blower to Joshua Kane, um, speaking to him about his latest collection, and he told me about his latest women's collection, which I thought looked really interesting, actually. So um, what do you think of his collection?
4: I absolutely love it. Um, I really like Joshua Kane as a designer. I think he has a really strong point of view. And he kind of reminds me a bit of Sir Tom Baker, like a little bit. But I still think he does have his own point of view and his own style. So you could really um, pick out a suit made by him. Um, from a lineup definitely and I'm really 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 pleased that he's decided to go into women's wear as well Um, just because some of his clothing his prints you know his use of kind of proportions and tailoring and his accessories um, are spot on and are worn by women anyway Mm. so this was just a nice natural progression.
0: And it's a it's a modest collection like it's a capsule collection but I think it's just about the right amount. So he hasn't overdone it. He hasn't overloaded the... the, He hasn't tried to mirror the guys and the girls, for example. So
4: I don't think there's a point in that. I mean, I think a heavily edited collection is going to really work in his favour. And it's strong. Each piece is its own. And I think... It's going to appeal to the type of women who like wearing suits because, you know, they're really flattering cuts. It's nothing that even has a whiff of, you know, the 90s power suit or the even worse, the mm. 80s power suits that has been plaguing, you know, women's wear for well decades, really. Um, I I love his point of view actually, so it's a ten out of ten, definitely.
0: Yeah. Excellent, yeah. I mean, the looking at it, I think the Olivia Free Taylor's silk jacket jacket is perhaps a standout piece for me. What well, can you see yourself wearing if you had to pick out a piece?
4: Oh, absolutely. I love tailoring anyway. Um, I've got quite kind of broad shoulders. So I tend to like things that really accentuate my my shape. Um, so any sort of tailored jacket would be just, I'm spot on. <laughs> yeah. I, I quite like, I think I'd go for the Devonshire actually. Kind oh, of a three piece wow. dinner suit and just go all out. Um, I think if he can cut a waistcoat for a woman, then
0: I'm sold. 100%. You look like a female James Bond in there, André.
4: Oh, my gosh. If only.
0: <laughs> André Lettabodier there. And you can follow André on Twitter, at Andre L. And now we're going to have a word with the founder of design-led brand Serge Denim, Oliver Proudlock. Serge Denim? with a silent S, is a design-led brand providing exclusive seasonal collections of urban apparel and accessories of premium quality. So, without any further ado, welcome to the podcast uh, Oliver Proudlock, um, owner of Serge Denim's and Oliver...
5: Serge Denims. Oh
0: crap, <laughs> sorry man. Dude, don't be silly.
5: No, very few people uh, pronounce it right. I, I, I hear Serge Denimes. Serge De Nîmes, um, but no, it, it is Serge De Nîmes, like Nîmes in France.
0: Well, I got Serge right, so... Uh, you I'll got uh, Serge right, <laughs> right? That's all that matters. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll do some crafty editing in, the, uh, in post. So. No worries, man. All good, not at all. Cool. So uh, tell me a little bit about your brand, please. Um, how it started, how you got involved, and how long it's been going?
5: Absolutely. So I can't believe it, but we just had our fifth uh, birthday on the 1st of June. Um, so I started the brand, yeah, we launched on the 1st of June, 2005. Um, my background, I actually studied in fine art, so I studied in painting, um, but I was brought up with my mum, who's super creative. She was a designer, photographer. Um, and so throughout all my early years, I was, you know, very much around fashion and, and arts and, and just in a very creative hub. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, since I was very young, you know, fashion and art were my two sort of passions in life. Um, but you know, i, I being at school, I, I focused a lot more on art and painting, and then I went to university after doing a sort of foundation at St Martin's because I wasn't sure at that point when I left school whether I wanted to do fashion or do art. So you know, I went to do a, a foundation at St Martin's, and at that stage, I was like, I really want to pursue painting. Um, so I went up to Newcastle for four years, did a, a fine art degree there, and then when I came back to London, that's when I sort of realised that. I knew I wanted to continue being creative, but I wanted to kind of go in a slightly different direction. Um, And that's when I kind of, I set up the brand. Um, And for me, I wanted to start with a product that I was familiar with. T-shirts was something that I'd always done during my exhibitions. I used to print some of my artworks on T-shirts. And I wanted to start the brand with, with, you know, a very small, limited, you know, range of t-shirts. We did about eight. um, And I teamed up with my mom, um, who's a photographer at the time, and she did a book on Rio Carnival. So we did these sort of graphic t-shirts. It was at that time when it was, you know, a big trend to do, you know, loud kind of graphic t-shirts. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the concept of the brand itself, you know, I called it Serge Denim because ever since I was young, I was always kind of surrounded by denim. My mom, she had a a business called Denim & Style. um, And for me, when when I think of fashion, a lot of the time, the first thing that comes to mind is denim, because even my house, for instance, when I was growing up was covered in denim. So I mean, my bedroom, all the wallpaper was denim. My bed ball was denim. I mean, every, it was just denim crazy, wow. to be honest. Um, so I was kind of dressed in double denim from, from a very early age. Um, and so I was you know, hoping that as I developed the brand, I would start experimenting with denim and slowly start bringing that into the brand. Um, so I was looking at the origin and, and where denim came from, um, and as she came from Nîmes in France, um, and the way the cotton is woven was coined Serge. Um, so it was originally called Serge du Nîmes of Nîmes and then became du Nîmes and then denim.
0: Fantastic. Um,
5: so for me, I just thought, you know, it seems like, you know, the perfect, uh, the perfect start, the perfect name for my brand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we started with just a small collection of t-shirts, um, and then over the last few years, you know, the brand has really grown and little details started coming in of the denim, you know, we're doing denim tape on the T-shirts, then we started doing accessories like caps and bags. Um, and throughout this whole process, I was sort of sort of evolving a sort of creative community within, within the brand. It's, it's not just a brand, it's also a lifestyle. Um, and we were collaborating with young artists and, and you know, um, musicians, skaters, graffiti artists, whatever it might be. Um, and just that's what the brand is very much about. It's about being young, creative, and, and you know, very passionate and following your dreams. Yeah. Um, and then now, you know, five years on, um, uh, you know, the, the the product range is massively increased. Um, we just opened up a store in Covent Garden. Um, we're stocked in sort of 28 stores here in the UK. And, yeah, just, just building it as each season goes you know building the the product range and slowly slowly bringing in more and more denim and eventually this autumn winter 16 we're going to be bringing out our um, first range of jeans which is super exciting
0: oh brilliant so the empire is building exponentially slowly (laughs) slowly, yeah Yeah. Uh, Yeah. how many pairs of jeans would you say you own now and perhaps how many pairs of jeans would you think you could have owned if like me you hadn't messed around with your jeans when you were younger, like putting rips in and trying to bleach them yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Because uh, I reckon I would have probably totaled up over 50 pairs of jeans now, had not I'm of them glad, been.
5: I'm glad you've asked me that that now, actually, because had you asked me a few days ago, the number would be a lot bigger. I actually just did a huge clear-out of my wardrobe. Um, that, just because me, me and my girlfriend have moved into a place, and, and she's got a lot of clothes, i like got a lot of clothes, and we're basically just just really lacking any storage (laughs) so we um we both decided we needed to clear out so i did clear out a vast amount of my clothes um but yeah i reckon like a hundred maybe
0: well that's manageable i mean uh, i know i think the guy from religion has about over is it 400 pairs of jeans so that i mean he can't even wear a pair of jeans a day so i think when you get past that limit (laughs)
5: <laughs> I mean, that's, a I'm talking a hundred now after my clear out. So I mean, All I'm right. sure about before the clear out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even when I was a kid, you know, I, what I, what I used to love doing, I used to go to Oxfam and used to go to a lot of charity stores. I used to buy, you know, kind of old Levi's or, or Lee jeans or Wranglers or whatever it might be. And I used to kind of, like you say, customize them and sort of cut them up, splatter them with paint. I used to kind of sew certain things and materials like patches and things like that. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I used to love kind of customising my jeans, and I still do.
0: Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the jean range that's coming out. Are they a particular style? Are They so skinny. We're,
5: st- we're starting. You know, I want to. I don't want to go too crazy. It's so tricky, denim. You know, because people people are very particular when they when it comes to buying jeans. You know, I think um, they're very brand loyal, um, and you know, it's very important when it comes to jeans that you've got the right fit. Then you've got the kind of material itself, how much elastine or how much stretch people want in it. Um, and when people do find their perfect fit of jean, they tend to stick to it and just kind of buy, you know, different washes and styles as it goes on with the seasons. So I didn't want to go too crazy. So we're just doing three, um, we're just doing three styles, um, three washes, sorry. Um, it's actually just one cut. It's not a super skinny, it's 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 like a slim. Um, and we're doing a kind of light wash distressed jean. Um, and then we're doing a sort of more indigo, a little bit of um, washing and fade, but no kind of distressing or anything like that, and then we 're just doing quite a nice clean um, uh, black wash jean as well okay so so, so three different washes um, and sort of variations
0: in terms of distress and things like that excellent okay, so a bit of range what kind of prices are we looking at for the for the i first mean season? Price,
5: price point not crazy at all i mean it's going to be uh, it 's going to be around between the sixty five and seventy mark
0: oh, okay well that's pretty that's pretty reasonable i mean yeah. um, a lot of other brands, I used to run an independent fashion shop and the jeans would often start at that price anyway and then just kind of go go through the roof.
5: Oh, man, you have some, yeah, I mean, obviously you have some brands which, which charge, you know, up to kind of five, six hundred pounds, but then also, you know, you go on the, the high street nowadays, I mean, some of these places you can get jeans for, I mean, I don't know how they do it, I mean, the, the, the quality is not great, um, you know, they're selling jeans for like 30 pounds. mm um which is which is pretty insane but no we're going to be in that sort of midpoint it's like you know it's an affordable affordable premium
0: so i'm just having a look through your site oliver uh for your lookbook looks pretty good um so (laughs) how, how easy is it to be your own ambassador and do you kind of thank god every day for being easy on the eye you know doubling down in god's casino getting the looks the skills and just going do you know what I can just wear all this myself. It's fine. We, do, we don't need to pay anyone else to do this.
5: I don't know about that, mate. I mean, no, I, you know, obviously, um, it's funny when 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 a lot of people talk about sort of setting up their brand and why they do it, and some, you know, some people say, "Oh, it's you know, just so I can wear the stuff that I love to wear" or whatever it might be. And obviously, the brand is very much a reflection of me and my style. So, you know, all the stuff on there, I would wear, and I, I do. Mm. Um, but in terms of me, sort of being a face of the brand as it might be I mean people are very much aware that I'm behind the brand and it's my brand but at the same time I want it to stand alone hmm. so if you do look on the site there's actually no images of me on there um, so obviously you know over my social and various things like that you know on my style blog I do sort of collaborations with Serge and I, I do kind of push it out there but for me, I very much want to collaborate with other young creatives, you know, and get them wearing the brand and put them on the site, as it were.
0: Great, cool. Um, and if they want to go to the website, it's sergedenimes.com. Serge
5: Dineen. Amazing, Peter. Thank you so much, brother.
0: I'll a proud look there. And lastly, to finish, we have a word with our man behind the jingles and fashion insider, Rob Jones. It's
2: over to you, Rob Jones. Legend.
0: On the line now, we have Rob Jones fashion insider who's modelled for Lacoste, ASOS and River Island. How are we doing, Rob? Very good, mate. Yourself? Yes, very good. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me today.
2: Uh, No problem, mate. No problem at
0: all. So I've just got off the blower to Oliver Proudlock there, his uh, range. And label is Serge Denim. That's right, yeah. So uh, what do you make of it? Have you had a chance to have a look at the range?
2: Yeah, I've been aware of him for a little while, actually. Um, I've had a a good look. I've always got my eye out. And uh, he... He seems to be quite ahead of the curve, really. I mean, he's—I'd say it leans more towards the urban guy, uh, for sure. Um, it's not yet every man, but um, you know that's what fashion's all about. Sometimes it's about surprising people. But I, I'd say he's got a kind of common look, but with a urban twist. So it, you don't need to be too brave to wear it. Mm if that makes sense, like, but it is geared towards the younger man and the, the more edgier urban guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing too crazy in there. There's, there's no one walking down the catwalk with a pineapple on their head and a bicycle <laughs> wheel or something like, you know, that's just stupid. Isn't but, it?
0: but I am writing those ideas down now. So that's, yeah, uh, like that, in
2: the future. I'm, all, I'm all for it, but let's face it, you know, when there's something crap in the tape modern, it's cause it's crap. It's not that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, yeah, he, so his, his stuff's quite accessible for, for most people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's some decent stuff. You know, he's, he's got some good uh, video stuff together. It's quite um, an appealing site. I, know, think the sure. I think
0: the site's incredible, yeah. It's just very, yeah. very accessible, um, and, very And that's clean. half of
2: it now. Like, mm. you, you know, you, you, when you're online, you get 10 seconds to impress, and if it looks naff, you move on, don't you? So it's not just all about going into the clothes shops anymore. Mm. Um, well, moving yeah, on ourselves, so
0: have you had a chance to check out Joshua Kane's new collection?
2: Yeah, um, been quite a fan of Joshua Kane as well. Um, everyone loves a suit, to be honest, don't they? Everyone looks good in a suit, and especially when it's a really good one. Um, the great thing about his suits are they are. I mean, the way he markets is very. I don't use the word hipster because that's the wrong word, but like, it, it is very bespoke, very niche. You know, like it, it. It at first appearance might scare away a few customers, but. If you take away the uh the uh the pizzazz away from it, you know, they're just brilliant suits, you know, yeah. and whoever's wearing them, like they're gonna look sharp.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really uh, on point, flamboyant and crikey, this has been a, a real podcast for dogs in the background.
2: <laughs> yeah, like a free little uh two hours here well this is uh, sausage egg and chips if you want their names
0: oh sweet nice
2: yeah very fashionable little dogs
0: and if they have kids will they be HP and ketchup and all that
2: well I think the, ne- the next steps to get a, a micro pig uh, so that will be ham uh, um, or black pudding maybe could be could be but yeah we m- might be going a little off topic now right yeah
0: <laughs> anyway no nice one mate cheers uh, well that's uh, I think that should do it for now for no, catching. yeah, de-
2: de- definitely check out both brands. Uh, they're they're super cool, and uh, like I said, you know, certain things it's just about being brave enough to go for it and not be afraid. You know, so if if you think that there's a, a bit of branding or styling that's not for you, then try and look past the kind of PR side of it and just get yourself some nice clobber.
0: What are you wearing at this moment in time, Bobby?
2: Well, right now I've got a few River Island bits on. But uh, oh. I've just been chilling out watching Robot Wars, to be honest. <laughs> I've, got I've got a hoodie. I don't know I've done my
0: Perfect. Perfect model slum day. Great.
2: <laughs> Love it. Okay, mate. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Later, Mr. Take
0: it. it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. Rob Jones there. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of the Menswear Style podcast. If you want to head over to the website, it's menswearstyle.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter, at menswearstyle, and on Instagram, at style. So, until next week, any final thoughts, Sir uh, Roger? Call
3: me James.
0: It's five days to Alaska.